Let's talk digital. We are at the cutting edge of digital tweaks, changes, transformation. A local digital marketing podcast. Conversing with industry experts and doing excerpts about the exception. Hosted by Audrey and I. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Really looking forward to what's coming up in South Africa in the next couple of months and years. How's it everyone? Welcome back to Let's Talk Digital with myself, Audrey Naidu. It's great to be back conversing about all things digital. If you're new to the podcast, please don't forget to follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter. We have a great lineup of guests planned for you. My guest today is Nicholas Dumini, Director Digital and E-Commerce of KFC South Africa at Yum Restaurant International. How's it, Nick? Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thanks. Great to be here. Great to have you and your coffee with us. <laughs> I'm just like you. I can't start my day without a cup of coffee. Hey? No, absolutely. I don't function without my first cappuccino. Yeah, me too. Listen, so uh, we today we're talking about um, e-commerce capability. I just wanted to maybe get to know you a little bit better. Uh, I understand that you moved from beers to chicken. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. so uh, I've been in the industry for about 12 years, um, started off in, in Cape Town uh, where, I, where I studied um, and shortly you know, thereafter moved up to, to Joburg to work at SAB as you mentioned. Um, initially I worked for Saab Miller Africa at the time before the acquisition, before AB Bev acquired Saab Miller. Um, so I worked there for about two years uh, working across Africa as a digital strategy manager. Really we were you know, building capability driving marketing effectiveness, driving some efficiencies, big projects around data, compliance, getting our uh, different markets onto the same kind of systems. And then, as you mentioned, after five years at being at Saab Miller, uh, I left ABM Bev. Uh, I moved across to, to KFC as the e-com and digital director. Oh, which is quite a huge accomplishment in such a short period of time. Absolutely. So today, Nick, we are, I mean, I've been on your global uh, website looking at KFC's digital strategy. You have quite a uh, aspiring vision in terms of driving digital sales and, you know, uh, transitioning towards more towards digital. Can you tell us a little bit more about South Africa's alignment to the global KFC uh, yeah. strategy? Yeah, sure. So I think it started a, a couple of years ago when Domino's went through a kind of an aggressive digital transformation and they were able to, to really grow their market share quite aggressively, um, which I think was a bit of an alarm bell for the, for the Yum Brands team. Yum Brands, as you know, uh, holds KFC, Taco Bell and Pizza Hut. Following that, there were some aggressive moves made by KFC, uh, bringing in some big talent from Google uh, to, to sit in the business as our, our new CDTO. And you know, once they had you know, hired and brought in the right capability, a bit of a revision around strategy. And um, really the key strategy is around three kind of pillars within our growth strat. Uh, it's around access, so ensuring that we have um, as many digital access points as possible from a customer perspective, both physical um, and uh, virtual access points. So a physical access point would, for, for example, be you know, switching on delivery in a specific restaurant where a virtual access point would be you know, something like launching you know, chat commerce. Um, the second is around ease. And, and that's really around making the ordering experience as convenient as possible, as easy as possible. So, you know, that would range from on-platform things like, um, you know, improving the, the UX and the flows, um, whereas in a restaurant, it would be how do you introduce technology to, to, you know, improve the collection process? 
Um, and then lastly, it's around retention, you know, so CRM retention, data personalization, um, and that's very much underpinned by, you know, the types of technologies that we're using. Um, so when, you know, when, when, we, when we made these, you know, new hires in the business and defined this growth strategy, um, a lot of these frameworks are built out. Um, and then along with that, some unified tech stacks and platforms um, that were kind of introduced. And we are now on a journey around adopting, you know, what makes sense for us and, um, you know, I guess moving at different paces. Yeah, definitely. So talking about moving at different paces, how are we relative to other global markets? So look, two years ago, when we started our journey, uh, we were certainly, um, you know, closer to the bottom end in terms of digital mix contribution as a, as a business unit uh, versus, you know, some of our more progressive markets. So Middle East, North Africa is probably the most progressive business. Um, in KFC in terms of driving digital mix and um, just general capability within digital. As I mentioned, the U.S. was, was you know, kind of behind where they should have been relative to that market. Um, so we were kind of pitched, you know, bottom end and have made some, some good progress over the last two years in, in building capabilities, you know, hiring the right individuals, building capability internal, um, and then switching on as many of these access points as I mentioned. Okay, and then in terms of Africa, mm-hmm. um, and I know you have some uh, kind of involvement in terms of uh, driving digital uh, transformation in Africa. Mm-hmm. How are those markets varying? So they vary from businesses that are um, relatively on par with South Africa to, to markets that have no e-commerce presence whatsoever. And I think the reason for that is that you know our franchisees that operate within Africa vary from, you know, countries where we've got three restaurants to countries where we have, you know, 50 plus restaurants. I'd say the most progressive market right now um, within Africa outside of SA is Kenya. Um, They've uh, been working with aggregators there for for many years. Um, They've also launched chat commerce. Um, They've got a a number of different access points. And and I think really, um, you know, the industry in Kenya is certainly growing. And, and I think the pace and the maturity of the partners is different to a lot of other African markets. So it's allowed them to kind of, you know, move a bit faster. Um, that's been one of the big challenges in SA with, with our e-com journey is finding the right partners that can, you know, service us to the, to the level that we require to, to execute that customer experience. So you did say when we last spoke uh, before the session uh, that you do use aggregators. So mm-hmm. what is your channel split on use of aggregators in South Africa? So currently we work with uh, Mr. D and, and Uber Eats. Um, across Africa, we work with Bolt as well. Um, so there might be a time where we bring Bolt on in, in SA. Um, the split between aggregators um, versus own channels right now is sitting at about a, a 65, 35% split. Um, you know, three years ago, it was 100% within, within aggregators. So, you know, one of our um, ambitions has been to grow that percentage to ensure that we can, you know, stand on our own feet with our own channels. Um, it introduces some interesting complexities into into how we serve customers and how we define um, our commercials for each channels. Working with partners like that, but right now, as I mentioned, working with Uber Eats and and, and Mr. Delivery as our two large aggregator partners. I just want to touch on COVID. Mm-hmm. So you said you started this journey two years ago, which yeah. was 2020. Um, how did COVID impact your progression? <laughs> I mean, it must have. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so I started in uh, 1st of March, I think, um, at KFC. 
for new new joiners, you you have to spend a couple of weeks in the restaurants. So I spent three weeks in the restaurants, learning how to to effectively be a team member. Um, when I came out of training, in fact, I, my my training was paused because we went into level five. Um, so a bit of an interesting start for somebody coming into a new business, transitioning from um, beer into chicken, um, learning the systems, and and then moving into that virtual space. It was challenging. Um, one thing it certainly did though was really. F- you know, place a lot of focus into our um, digital channels, um, the growth of our channels, uh, the pace at which we needed to switch on channels to service customers. And it was a, a global effort, you know, a lot of communication and energy from um, the global team in Dallas around, you know, switching on as many channels as we could. Um, so, you know, at that point in Africa, we switched on as many aggregators as we could at the time as the quickest one to make our product available through delivery. Um, and in SA, we kind of launched a very aggressive agenda in, in growing our um, digital penetration to allow our customers to still access us. At a foundational level, when we start to talk about e-commerce capability, obviously it's not just about plugging in digital sales capability. It's more than that. Can you maybe give us some you know, kind of context of what should one consider when you're building an e-commerce capability? Yeah, it's um, it's multifaceted. I would say that, you know, probably your, your people and your technology are your two kind of largest enablers, you know, ensuring that you've got the right capability um, in the business to, to execute your vision and then bringing on the right platforms and partners, you know, to, to build those, those products is, is key. Then for a business like ours, you know, operations is critical. Um, and that's really where we see the customer you know, move from that online space into offline. You know, so from a delivery perspective, it would be working with the DAS partner or the aggregator partner to you know, hand over the, um, the food to the customer. And I think ensuring that we build in the right processes and bring in the right partners is, is critical. So I would say you know, capability, uh, product, and then, and then partners are probably the three most kind of critical aspects to any e-com or digital transformation strategy. Tell me more about your data integration plan and how yeah. did that unpack? Yeah, so um, when we started the journey a few years ago, it was a, a big kind of opportunity for us to, to build out a defined blueprint um, and effectively a technology stack and marketing stack. The first thing that we, we needed to do was, was look at unifying our data sources you know, so like many businesses, we had data sitting in different pockets, uh, multiple partners, you know, different schemas. So ensuring that we had, you know, uh, effectively a data warehouse where we could store this information, unify the information and access it was key. Then looking at what type of products were required to, to execute the vision. Uh, so one of the first platforms we brought on was Braze, which is a CRM platform, which allowed us to start leveraging our first party data. Um, as a business like KFC with a thousand restaurants, we have access to a lot of customer data, uh, and we saw it as a, a big opportunity to start driving, um, you know, one-to-one relationships and personalizations with those databases. Uh, and we saw significant growth. Um, you know, in 2020, that was probably one of the biggest levers that we had was around driving a, um, a relatively simple CRM strategy, which we now kind of building further sophistication into. Um, and then following Braze was the implementation of a CDP called MParticle, um, which just allows us to do further kind of segmentation around our database, you know, RFMs um, and a few other kind of techniques, which just allows us to, to better operationalize that database. 
Um, so technology is a is a huge kind of uh, opportunity for a business moving through through the the transformational stages. A CDP. That's a customer database. Okay. Did you have any issues with regards to legacy systems, and then you know bringing that across to new tech? Yeah. So we we probably still um, have a couple opportunities that exist within our within our ecosystem. The one is our our web and app. We work with a hybrid platform. We've we've made some progress over the last you know six months. We will be moving to a unified uh, platform based off that global roadmap. Uh, it'll be a progressive web app built in uh, React Native. Uh, so one of the challenges that we face is, is the fact that we have built a lot of new features on our existing platform. And as you know, once you run a platform for five or six years and you, know, you have a, a relatively high developer churn, we work with a third party, um, it introduces some challenges uh, into, into the architecture and the solutioning of the product. So I would say that's a big opportunity for us now to move over to a new platform. Uh, and the biggest challenge I think that we continue to face at present is around optimizing a, an existing platform that effectively is a, is a legacy platform. Definitely. And I know when we spoke, you spoke about automation as well. Yeah. So you're moving more towards automated functionalities. Correct. How is your back office and front office aligned? So, look, automation, I think, is probably the next big move um, for, for ourselves and, and why we brought in the CDP so that we could start to automate and drive automation along, um, you know, finer segments. So right now we work with, with six segments predominantly, which was part of that RFM, you know, RFM execution that we, that we effectively um, we did last year. And just for, for listeners, RFM is recency, frequency, and monetary value. So you're just segmenting your, your customer database and drawing similarities between them. Um, what we've then done is we've identified specific opportunities with each of those segments. You know, so for a customer that, for example, has lapsed, a new user, a customer that purchases, you know, specific types of items repeatedly, we understand how we should be communicating with them. You know, once we had defined our segmentation, which again I said is a relatively basic segmentation that we're going to build, you know, more finer segments into. As you mentioned, I think bringing on the right partners to execute that and implement the automation was was key. So right now we're actually looking for a CRM specialist to bring in into the into the business. We work with a, a CRM partner in Australia. They were very recently acquired by Deloitte. And um, yeah, I think aligning, you know, back office and, and um, front is, is, is really critical in, in executing that vision. Your end-to-end value chain is important. Um, you spoke about growth, and I just want to touch on that for a moment. In the last two years, your digital sales has increased from 3 to 12%. Correct. So that is a huge jump. Yeah, look, I think it's been driven in part by the shift into e-com. You know, the latest stats that I saw was that our retail digital mix contribution as from a national perspective is, has doubled or more than doubled in that time period. But for us, as I mentioned, as a brand, you know, needing to, to allow customers to access us, when we moved into level five and came out of that space, we were allowed to, to execute delivery only. You can remember that the lobbies or the front, front of house were, were still closed. drive through at the time was closed. So for us, you know, we saw it as a huge opportunity um, and we, we really launched an aggressive agenda to switch on as many restaurants as we could as possible in terms of delivery, growing our partnerships with our aggregators and, and further deepening penetration with the aggregators. And then also looking at how we could improve the, the overall customer experience on our, on our platform, driving our capabilities in CRM and automation, as I mentioned, 
so it has been a a pretty fast and furious you know last two years uh which i think we're hoping is going to kind of settle now as we start to mature uh, and i think a big part of maturing is as i mentioned launching a, a new platform um, and really starting to tighten the customer experience the in-store experience aligning and entrenching operations which has been a big part of our business um, for a business that's been operating for 50 years launching these new channels um, and starting to change routines that exist in a restaurant you know um, as an example our restaurant general managers are are taking on different types of responsibilities we spoke about innovation so you are also working on a project in terms of rollout of kiosk correct okay yeah, so Kiosk was a project that we were going to run at pretty aggressively before COVID. Um, we've seen good uptake uh, across the globe. Um, there's a lot of different benefits, I think, from a customer, you know, customer experience point of view, but also from a restaurant. Uh, so right now we have about 100 restaurants that have self-service kiosks. And kiosks, again, for, for those listening, it's just a, a digital ordering screen. You know, you'll see them in, in some of our restaurants, a couple of restaurants, McDonald's have them and mm-hmm. a lot of their, their, their lobbies too. Um, so, so look, as I mentioned, it's a, it's a, there's a couple kind of benefits that we see from a kiosk. We see, you know, certain customers preferring to engage with, you know, digital screens. It certainly removes some of the anxiety of ordering and being able to spend time and, you know, browse the menu, you know, add different combinations and without that pressure of standing in the queue. Um, also, we see younger individuals feeling, you know, a lot more comfortable engaging with digital screens versus engaging with, with you know, team members. Then from our perspective, I think, you know, we've got certain restaurants in the U.S. that are operating 100% digitally, uh, which allows us to drive efficiencies in, in labor deployment in the restaurant in terms of reducing the number of team members needed to attend point of sales. It also gives us an opportunity to acquire, you know, customer data and then in turn improve their experience through personalization. You know, the type of products that we surface through their navigation and how we improve that that overall kind of ordering experience. So it's a it's a it's been a a relatively slow journey, as I said, starting in 2019, but you know, a lot more focus going to be placed on that in 2022 to, to really drive penetration with our kiosks. Before I move away from that topic, I just want to speak about your competitors like Chicken Licken, Nando's, even to an extent McDonald's, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. How are you uh, compared uh, to the likes of your competitors in terms of your digital transformation journey? Look, it's hard to draw conclusions from from the outside. Um, I'd say that I think that McDonald's has done a really good job at, you know, driving that um, digital agenda within restaurants. So the use of you know scanners at the point of sale, with uh, kiosks and their front counters and their lobby areas. Um, they're also working off a, a great you know global platform and product. Um, I think their collection service runs through that product. So in terms of, you know, how we, how we, you know, stack up, it would be difficult, you know, for me to say, uh, I know that we are under, you know, similar journeys, the industry is small, so you, you hear what each, you know, business is doing. I know that McDonald's is looking at building out their own delivery capability too. I think Nando's is going through a similar uh, transformation. So, you know, I would say to be fair, we, we probably all in, you know, similar spaces, big opportunity. Um, so if anything, I think all of us will be running at the opportunity and driving that, that agenda pretty aggressively over the next few years. All of you guys are running to yeah. the finish line and, you know, it's a it's a matter of who gets there first. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, I think the problem is that the finish line will keep moving out, you know. <laughs> exactly. That's the thing with digital. Hey, you never reach your destination. Yeah, yeah. So um, in terms of marketing mm-hmm. of this new e-commerce mm-hmm. entity, how do you work with your marketing department? 
So within my team, we have uh, marketing individuals. We're part of the, the marketing team effectively. So I report um, directly into the CMO um, with a dotted line into our CFO who's double hatting effectively as the chief digital technology officer. Uh, so we have marketing within the team. You know, our big opportunity right now is how do we better integrate our uh, e-commerce activities into our national, you know, campaigns. So for the past few years, you know, needing to build out our capability pretty aggressively, we almost, you know, collapsed certain functions into my team. So I have ops, technology, product finance, and marketing um, and support reporting into me. Uh, and I think now what we're trying to do is as we've built a level of maturity, almost feed those uh, teams back into the business, you know, so shift ops back into ops, finance into finance, uh, and focus more on marketing the platform. So that's a big focus for us, integrating with the marketing team and integrating into those campaigns opposed to running standalone e-commerce, you know, uh, marketing campaigns, which effectively drive, you know, one agenda. KFC is a huge business you know, big marketing spend, media spend. So I think for our ability to integrate better into our national campaigns and calendar will drive a, a big, you know, halo for the business, but also for our e-commerce agenda. Yeah, it should be an, a seamless integration instead of a standalone, Absolutely. you know, marketing effort. So you did mention when we last spoke about a center of excellence. Is that sitting within your team or within group marketing? So that sits within my team. Um uh, you know, as I mentioned, I think that was the need to build capability, you know, rapidly. I think as we move forward now, as I mentioned, up support and product will probably move into different areas in the business. Um, and then within the e-com space, we'll probably, you know, hold on to performance marketing technology, the areas where you really need, you know, depth of expertise um, that will service the business. So right now, and where we see in many markets is, you know, our product and pr product development team will move back into what we call digital and technology operations would move back into operations. Um, and then within the marketing space, we would have that um, center of excellence sitting in the marketing team that would service effectively our brand teams. Um, and that would be CRM, you know, paid marketing, uh, specifically around performance, and then CRM. So in terms of traditional marketing, we've seen this expansion of capabilities that's required as well as skill set. And it seems that the way KFC is structured, you almost had to apply a modern marketing approach to your structure and operational model. Uh, I don't see that in many brands in South Africa in terms of how marketing structured because it's quite interesting for me to know that you report into the CMO. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we've had a few changes um, over the last few years, and I think our structure is pretty fluid right now. Um, we're looking at a, a different uh, org structure to be implemented in kind of 2023. I think where we, where we would like to move towards would be uh, marketing managers and brand managers effectively executing through the line. So when they're developing a campaign, they're thinking both traditional channels and non-traditional channels. So that would be, you know, how they're servicing the customer within the restaurant, but how they're also servicing the customer from an off-prem and online perspective. So that might be through delivery or collection or, or kiosks. You know, I think that we are, are probably in between kind of, as I mentioned, that, that approach where you effectively siloing e-commerce or digital marketing versus the full kind of through the line thinking, which is the, the next step for us. And I think the big opportunity right now is, is really defining how we better integrate as a, as a team. But look, I think in terms of our, our kind of end-to-end -end org structure, um, I think being able to tap into to markets like the US and like MENA that are, have been on this journey for many, many years and have 
maturity, you know, gives you a bit of a clue in terms of how you should be adapting and, and what the blueprint looks like. Um, so probably moving a bit faster in that respect. Do you find there's a challenge between traditional marketers and more your digital marketers? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's been a, a challenge at all the businesses that I've worked in. Um, you know, so at SAB, went through a similar journey. Um, I think a little bit easier at SAB because you're not necessarily needing to get into the level of um, kind of uh, expertise uh, with e-com, you know, not necessarily earn, owning that kind of final touch point with the customer. Um, and then at KFC, you know, you've got, I suppose, individuals in the marketing team that have come through a very traditional route, you know, through Unilever, P&G, classical marketers that haven't had exposure to, to digital now having to kind of think in a, in, a, in a different way. You know, I think from my perspective, really the, the principles that underpin marketing are applicable in both spaces. And I think as long as you spend a bit of time and understanding, you know, a, a bit more of the, the technical aspects around digital marketing, it, it becomes, you know, a lot easier to, to apply. But um, absolutely, I think that's where we're sitting right now is understanding how do we transfer our skill sets across to the traditional marketers as quickly as possible, build those working relationships. And then, as I mentioned, um, you know, grow these, these new generation marketers that are thinking through the line. Absolutely. And I, and I get a feeling whilst you are on this, on this path that you need multifunctional people in a project, almost like a project team. Um, so it's no longer just getting a brief and launching the campaign. You do need a multiple skill set in that process. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think although we move towards a, a through-the-line marketer of the future that can, you know, build concepts um, and execute across all touch points, I think there will always be deep specialists within our space. And if anything, I think how technology is progressing, how CRM is progressing, um, the ability to leverage data with data scientists, I think there's going to always be, um, you know, the necessity to work in a group of deep, you know, functional experts uh, in addition to working with marketers that are thinking through the line. And that's, you know, how we are wanting to set up our, our organization, as I mentioned, of, of the future, where you've got those, those pockets of excellence, those deep, um, you know, experts in a space like product um, and CRM and data science, you know, effectively working with marketing um, to execute uh, whatever the campaign or, or um, you know, concept is. Yeah, I was reading this interesting article on Harvard Business Review, mm -hmm. and they um, did this research and found out that marketing has 72 new capabilities. How do you expect, you know, any one person to have all of the skill sets? So I really like your approach. You, you do need those SMEs. Um, you need the experts, but you, you actually can't run uh, marketing in isolation now. No. Of the fact that we've changed, it's a new era of marketing, and how do you actually modernize it? And then finally, I just want to ask you, where do you see yourself transitioning to in five years now with all of these changes, the agileness, the you know, the timeline you've taken to adopt changes? It's it's such a rapid pace, you know. Firstly, you need to keep up, but what what does the future hold for you? That's a really difficult question to answer. Um, Look, I've typically migrated through my career to, to spaces where I believe I'll be challenged and where I can grow my skill set. Um, that's always been critical for me, you know, moving into roles where I feel like um, there's an opportunity and I think an interesting challenge to solve. You know, I see myself, uh, I suppose, as a marketer, 
that's been lucky enough to to work in the digital space, grounded in the digital space, but then grow out a traditional skill set, which I can now apply across both you know offline and online technologies. And and very recently, over the last two, years. Uh, personally, you know, it would be very difficult to to say uh, you know where 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 I'd be. Um, I really enjoy working in the in the digital and technology space, so I'd probably see myself continuing that journey in, in e-com. Uh, but I'd always be open, you know, to to working, you know, in integrated, you know, brand marketing spaces as well, um, as long as it's uh, got a very close, I suppose, opportunity to still kind of work in e-com. I've really enjoyed having the opportunity moving from SAB into into KFC in an environment where you own, you know, that moment of truth, you know, that that actual sale, and you can um, really optimize that um, that space. It's been it's been a great opportunity. So um, yeah. Difficult question. <laughs> Difficult question to answer. Okay, here's an easy one. Yeah. How do you see e-commerce uh, advancing or maturing in South Africa? So, look, I think, I think the the pace of e-commerce adoption will continue. I think in a lot of markets, we're already starting to see that slowdown now post-COVID. Uh, I think with businesses entering into the retail space, we only need to look at you know Woolies, pick and pay ASAP. Um, Checker 6060 that have really driven, you know, rapid acceleration in the e-commerce space, which is going to drive wider adoption. And I think as soon as you start to transition customers from, you know, traditional sales into e-com through these day-to-day services like retail or KFC or Nando's or McDonald's, um, you're going to see that that momentum continue to build. So I think I think we approaching our tipping point. But I think in the next 12 to 18 months, we will see, you know, continued growth in the space. Um, and as I mentioned, that will be around, you know, really large, you know, markets um, and brands moving into the e-com space and driving it as an opportunity within their agenda, which will then, you know, as I mentioned, convert customers into, into e-com users. I think that there are still barriers, you know, heavily reliant on cash. It's a cash economy as you, as you know. Um, but I do think some of the work that Vodacom is doing in the digital wallet space, um, through the launch of their super app, Nedbank's also launched a launched a super app. Um, I think we're starting to overcome some of these barriers. Data being a barrier too. I see that, you know, big conversations happening um, in government around data. You know, cost of data. Um, so I see these barriers start, starting to slip away. Um, and in parallel, some really large players invest significant amounts of of capital. Uh, into driving the industry forward. So it's an exciting space to be in. Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking about what uh, our president said in terms of the switching off of analog to digital on the 31st as well. So a lot of changes happening in the digital space in South Africa. It's quite an exciting time for us to be part of this uh, process and the, the ecosystem Um, within which we operate but uh, Nick it was great conversation thank you so much for sharing Uh, and I wish you all the best uh, with your digital journey in the future yeah thanks thank you okay bye cheers we're excited you're excited I really value and appreciate your support during this time helping decision makers navigate the change and keep some change in their pockets don't forget to subscribe Follow our Instagram handle at talkdigitalza. Engage us on our website at talkdigitalza.co.za. And who knows, you could be featuring on the next one.